T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good afternoon. I'm Patty Rising. And I'm Brett Burkhardt. Here's what's happening. San Jose's new mayor is renewing his call to increase police staffing as the city contends with lengthy 911 response times. KCBS's Keith Manconi has more. SJPD is falling well short of its response time targets. That's according to a report from the city auditor, which found that on average, the department's priority two calls are taking nearly 24 minutes for a response. They're only supposed to take 11. During his inaugural address this week, Mayor Matt Mahan says to fix the problem, the city will need to do more to address longstanding staffing issues in the department. Last year, our council committed to adding 15 officers per year over the next five years. But that's just not enough. We need to double that rate to at least 30 officers per year because no one in distress should have to wait so long for help to come. Meantime, though, Tom Sago with the San Jose Police Officers Association says to hit that hiring goal, the mayor is going to need to come up with a plan to attract more officers. We're just not seeing the throughput and the pipeline of qualified candidates. Keith Manconi, KCBS. There's new effort in the state legislature to keep your image and data about your driving out of the hands of advertisers. KCBS's Mike DeWald reports the concern centers around more advanced cameras. No, it's not your backup camera or your system to monitor blind spots. This one is inside the car. These cameras are a third type of camera. These focus inward at the driver, and they sort of enhance driver safety by monitoring for impaired or distracted driving. That's Paul Payne, a spokesman for State Senator Bill Dodd, who's introduced a bill that aims to notify drivers when those cameras are recording and prohibit the sale of the data for advertising purposes. The tech is meant to make cars more autonomous, but CNET editor-at-large Ian Schur says it could also be used to sell ads back to you while you drive using your own data. As this technology becomes much more normal, right, and part of the regular safety packages, instead of being part of Right now, they're kind of in the more luxury cars. A similar bill was vetoed by Governor Newsom last year. Schur says regulators were slow to act when social media companies sold user data to advertisers. He says this bill aims to be proactive instead of reactive. This could be part of the effort to really start 
having that conversation. Mike DeWald, KCBS. After being closed for weeks, the Oakland Zoo is finally reopening to guests today. As KCBS's Matt Bigler reports, the zoo suffered severe storm damage during the New Year's Eve deluge. Hi, good morning. Welcome to Oakland Zoo. We're very excited to be back at the Oakland Zoo. We've missed it. There is only one person at the zoo more excited than families. You know, I'm giddy. I'm excited to be reopening the zoo. It's been 35 days of total chaos and closure. Oakland Zoo CEO Nick DeHasia says the chaos culminated in a giant sinkhole that opened up right at the zoo's main entrance. But now water is flowing safely under the roadway thanks to a new culvert. Everybody moved as quickly as possible and, and thankfully here we are open. Took a lot of manpower, a lot of hours. Brian Hewitt with McGuire and Hester says following the January storms, their backlog of work is bigger than it's ever been. Storm drain repairs, sewer repairs, obviously the zoo one was one of the bigger ones so far and there's more in the work. So yeah, we've been very busy. The zoo is also extending its holiday fundraiser, Glofari, to try and recoup some of its lost revenue, estimated to be about a half million dollars a week. At the Oakland Zoo, Matt Bigler, KCBS. Tulare County authorities say they've arrested two suspected gang members whom they believe are responsible for gunning down six people in the small rural community of Goshen last month. Tulare County Sheriff said today that the first man was taken into custody without incident, but the second got into a shootout with federal officers and was undergoing surgery as of earlier today. The massacre happened on January 16th when sheriff's officials say the men invaded a home and shot six people, including a teen mother and her baby. With more on the news, watch, here's Brad. Patty, it's a bicycle race that's also a massive food donation. KCBS's Jim Taylor has details of Supermarket Street Sweep. Back after pandemic hiatus, it's like a scavenger hunt for food on two wheels. People who collect the most food are the winners. Keely Hopkins, San Francisco, Marin Food Bank, and they do collect a lot of food. Back in 2019, the last time they had the race, they were able to collect about 8,000 pounds of food. Race starts at noon Saturday at the Bow and Arrow Sculpture on the Embarcadero. Dozens of participants already. 50 cyclists signed up is the last I heard, and we're hoping for a few more walk-ons. I understand you can still sign up, yeah? Yep, yep, you can still sign up. You should be able to show up that day and sign up. How cool is that? It absolutely is, um, and I hope we can get lots of cyclists out, and I also hope spreading the word encourages other people to get creative with how their community might be able to give that. The mind boggles, right? Jim Taylor, KCBS. Napa County officials are worried about low-income residents who will see a reduction in food assistance benefits when a COVID emergency allotment expires. CalFresh, formerly referred to as food stamps, offered an extra $95 a month in food assistance during the pandemic. That's going to expire at the end of this month. Nearly 5,000 households rely on the program in Napa County, and officials today said they were worried about how the significant drop in benefits would affect local families. The regular allotments will remain for households as long as they remain eligible, county officials said. It's based on household size, income, and deductions. You've heard of a state flower here in California. It's the poppy. And a state bird. It's the quail in California. But what about a state smell? Well, a bill in New Mexico legislature could make it the first state in the country to feature its own official aroma in its iconic green chili pepper. For more, we are joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by New Mexico State Senator Bill Souls. He is the author of this legislation. Senator, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate being on with you and Patty. Oh, I, I, I know we're being tongue-in-cheek, but this is a serious, uh, this is a serious issue. Uh, how did you come up with this idea, and why do you think there should be a state aroma? Uh, 
thank you for the questions. Um, the idea came about when I was working with a group of fifth graders, and we were going through as kind of part of New Mexico history and culture, talking about the various official symbols. The roadrunner is our state bird. The yucca flower is our state flower. And we also are very unique. We have an official state question of red or green. Do you want red sauce or green sauce when you're at a restaurant? Uh, the student said, well, chili smells really good. Why don't we have a state smell or a state aroma? And I thought that was a great idea. And I've worked with them and using that as a tool to teach them civics. But they are part of, they're my expert witnesses when I'm in front of committees, and they've done lots of research about chili, and so that's how it came about. So you've actually introduced this in your state legislature. Uh, do you think it has a chance of passing and getting signed? I think it will go very quickly through most of the committees. It already went through the Indian Rural and Cultural Affairs Committee, was its first committee, and it got a unanimous pass through that committee. Probably this next week, it'll go through our uh, Senate Health Public Affairs Committee, then to the Senate floor, and then it crosses over to the House for the same thing. But uh, this is something that also is very connected into our tourism, into our state culture, into the, the whole marketing of the state. Green chili is ubiquitous in New Mexico and very important to us emotionally and culturally. Although I have recently learned that Colorado will make that claim as well. Tell us about that. Uh, Colorado can claim anything they want, but to be the best, you got to beat the best. And New Mexico continues to be recognized for the hatch green chili, for our chili culture here. And Pueblo, Colorado continues to try and do that, but they are not recognized worldwide for their chili like we are in New Mexico. So you mentioned that this ties into a number of themes. One of them is tourism. How do you think it's going to help? New Mexico's markets, it's chili, uh, the Hatch Chili Festival every fall is world-renowned. The, all of our marketing and true, when people come right now, I'm up in Santa Fe, I live in southern New Mexico, but the New Mexico cuisine is very important to the, the general tourism of the area. This just fills part of that continued marketing program that we're able to do. Is it bipartisan, or is there a number of lawmakers asking for the red chili pepper to be the aroma? <laughs> uh, I don't have additional sponsors, and my real experts are the students in those fifth-grade classes down in Las Cruces. Um, it, I, everyone I've talked to, regardless of whether it's Democrat or Republican, as soon as they hear about it, they get this big smile on their face and go, oh my gosh, of course, you know, that is so important to us. And in New Mexico, we talk about we all have our chili story. And so I hear those from Democrats, from Republicans, from independents. You know, it really is part of our culture here. Well, I think you started something. Uh, I put a Twitter poll <laughs> online just oh, a no. moment ago asking <laughs> for what California's aroma should be. You want to take a guess? Um, uh I'm not sure what I would guess. I know you were one of the earlier states to uh, legalize cannabis, but I would hope okay. that that might not be the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we put you on so the New spot. Mexico recently legalized canna- uh, recreational use of cannabis as well. All right. Senator, thank you so much for your time. That is New Mexico State Senator Bill Souls. The updated forecast from KPIX 5's Paul Hagan. The first storm system still producing a few pockets of mist and drizzle, even a couple of rogue showers this evening. But in large part, we're waiting on the next round of rain. 
rain to head our way, which it's going to do by late Saturday with the most widespread and the heaviest rain falling Saturday evening. That means it does look wet for the Chinese New Year parade downtown San Francisco into Chinatown and for all of the other Lunar New Year festivities happening over the weekend across the Bay Area. We should start the day mostly dry Saturday, just a few patches of mist and drizzle. We'll warm up to the low to mid-60s in most locations before that rain moves in Saturday afternoon and evening. Lingering showers on Sunday with cooler temperatures, and then we dry out for most of next week with slightly above average temperatures, upper 50s and low to mid-60s. I'm meteorologist Paul Hagen with your KCBS KPIX 5 First Alert Forecast. Black History Month is on full display in San Francisco with the national theme of black resistance. KCBS's Alice Wirtz was at City Hall for the kickoff celebration. It was a large turnout of city leaders and dignitaries in the rotunda of City Hall. Mayor London Breed spoke about the history of resistance that has brought forward progress and justice for more than just African Americans. The, the history and the legacy of black people in this city continues to be highlighted in such a significant way. She recalled some of the uglier sides in the city's history in the resistance movement that has long since changed. And when I think about even during the 1960s as the San Francisco's own redevelopment agency bulldozed and tore down African-American homes and businesses. There was music and prayer and the African-American Historical and Cultural Society announced they're looking for artifacts to support their mission of archiving black history in the city. Hambo, Hambo, who's your tribe? African people all mixed inside. Afterwards, folks followed a New Orleans-style brass band dressed in white. They followed along Civic Center Plaza and onto the library white hankies waving along the way. Alice Wirtz, KCBS. While office space in the Bay Area continues to sit open at high rates, there is one industry that's holding steady and even showing signs of growth. As KCBS's Megan Goldsby reports, it's biotech. When the pandemic hit, it was a roller coaster for biotech the way it was for almost all industries. But while the others were on the descent, a lot of money was going towards developing new drugs and vaccines. The public markets... Uh, were very receptive to life science research companies, in, in effect, offering them uh, a lot of capital, right? And so that capital was then used to grow the companies, grow the research, and so on. But the last year has been more of a leveling out for the industry, says Dino Perrazzo, who leads the life science practice for real estate analysts CBRE in the Bay Area. He says biotech and health firms have been building more offices inspired by the pandemic boom. The space that they're building is is going to be delivered to the market uh, really this year and next, right? So the market's going to have to uh, absorb or eventually lease that space, and that requires growth. So the office vacancy rate should actually tick up to roughly 8%. That's nothing compared to 20% office vacancy that tech and other industries have seen in the Bay Area. Megan Goldsby, KCBS. Patty Oakland's police department graduated its 190th class of officers from the academy today. The graduation comes at a moment of uncertainty for the department, as you know. KCBS's Raquel Maria Dillon reports that that only makes the newly minted officers determined to serve the Oakland community and succeed in their new demanding careers in law enforcement. It's hard to bring up the state of policing at a happy moment like this. The young officers hugged and beamed while their loved ones competed to make more noise than the family sitting next to them in the auditorium. No one wanted to talk about it, but there's a lot up in the air at OPD right now. Plus, a whole national discussion going on about how to hold individual officers and entire departments to account 
for misconduct incidents, large and small. The chair of the city's police commission, Tafara Malele, alluded to this crisis with advice and an admonition to the rookie officers. If you lead with a baton, literal or metaphorical, no matter who you are, whatever your race, whatever your profession, you become an agent of oppression. Malele told them to lead with love, the same love that their proud families demonstrated, and share that love with the rest of Oakland. At the Scottish Rite Temple in Oakland, Raquel Maria Dillon, KCBS. Police in San Francisco are looking for a man who pulled a gun inside a synagogue and theater in the city's Richmond district. KCBS's Mike DeWald has more. The shooting happened in the middle of a study session here at Schnurson Center's community space late Wednesday night, just before 7.30. The man walks in, speaking in Russian, before pulling a handgun and indiscriminately firing off multiple shots, what police believe were blanks, to the left and right of the gathering. Anon Hanukov is a rabbi here. He says the man yelled a phrase roughly equating to send my regards to the Mossad. Which, um is why I believe this was a hate crime, why I believe it was targeted at Jews specifically because the Mossad is the Israeli intelligence agency. The synagogue serves mostly Russian-speaking Jews. He says people were rattled as most didn't see the gun at all and didn't react, though they aren't deterred. This is a community who come from Russia. Some of these people here used to literally be in fear of their lives as they would pray under communist regime. The shooting wasn't reported until the following day over fears of retribution and the thought that this man may be unhoused. On the one hand, it's very scary. On the other hand, we're, we're, we're not letting it scare us. We're, we're continuing services. We're continuing everything as normal. Police are also investigating a report of a man pulling a handgun at the nearby Balboa Theater Tuesday night. They think it's the same man, but don't believe the incidents are related. In San Francisco, Mike DeWald, KCBS. After making recent strides, experts worry their current wave of tech layoffs is hitting diversity and inclusion jobs hard. KCBS reporter Holly Kwan explains how this puts the onus on HR departments to avoid the last hired, first fired approach. Last summer, the head of diversity at Facebook parent Meta warned that cost cutting would set back diversity hiring and that DEI isn't something you should just do when the economy is good. Then it cut 11,000 workers. The tech layoffs, they're not just technologists. Angie Kamath is dean of the NYU School of Professional Studies, which focuses on workplace development. She says with companies trying to survive with fewer workers, HR departments have to take a bigger role in shaping what future staffing looks like. And not all tech companies are abandoning diversity, equity, and inclusion. Keep that the bright spots, the companies that have absolutely been diverse. We would need to make sure that there's that we're spotlighting where it's working. I worry about, you know, the idea that you know, we, we made some strides and then there were layoffs and that majorly set us back. That's not the story in every company, right? And so, so much of the signaling that happens in corporate America is so important and it's very much kind of a bellwether for what's working and what people want to invest in and what they want to do more of. And if you don't think people care about DEI, a 2019 Kinsey survey found 39% of workers turned down a job offer because they didn't think the company was committed to a diverse workplace. Holly Kwan, KCBS. And with more news, here's Brett. Patty, San Francisco's Lunar New Year Parade happens tomorrow in the city's Chinatown neighborhood. As KCBS's David Welch reports, the entire weekend is filled with festivities surrounding the main event. Considering it's been several years since we've had a full-fledged Lunar New Year parade, there's a couple of things you should remember to consider. First, Chinatown will be packed. 
But according to Chinatown's Community Development Center's Malcolm Young, that's part of the excitement. Don't knock over grandma and grandpa, but, you know, certainly be prepared for a little bit of a crowd. And Young says if you're hoping to make navigating those crowds a little easier, consider leaving your car at home. really want to encourage people to take Central Subway. You know, you don't have to park. It'll drop you off right at Stockton and Washington in the middle of the action. That action starts at 10 a.m. with a weekend-long street fair featuring over 100 booths and concessions. The weekend's main event, Saturday's Lunar New Year Parade, the largest Lunar New Year celebration outside of Asia, starts just after 5 p.m. And organizers say it's one of the biggest parades they've ever hosted, which is why Young is expecting quite a show. We have kids. I would recommend you bring some earplugs. Um, you know, we're not shy about fireworks in this community. In San Francisco's Chinatown, David Welch, KCBS. Some recent domain name filings have left some wondering if Dwayne The Rock Johnson will enter the race for Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat. KCBS's Margie Schaefer reports political insiders say it could happen. The domain name TheRockForSenate.com and DwayneJohnsonForSenate.com were registered this week, fueling speculation that Dwayne The Rock Johnson may throw his hat in the ring for Senate. That is a distinct possibility. For some time now, many people have been discussing his potential candidacy. That is former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown, who points out Californians elected actor, businessman, and bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 2003 recall election and re-elected him in 2006. Johnson would be a declined to state candidate, neither Republican nor Democrat, says KCBS insider Phil Mateer. If you had Adam Schiff, Katie Porter, and Barbara Lee on a debate stage, how many would tune in? But if you put The Rock on the stage with them, I think you got a hit show and people are going to be paying attention. California has an open primary where the top two vote-getters go on to the general election. Margie Schaefer, KCBS. Transit agencies in Sonoma County will be providing free rides tomorrow and Saturday for Transit Equity Day. Santa Rosa City Bus... Petaluma Transit and Sonoma County Transit will all be offering free rides to observe the day, which is a national day of action to promote equity in transit that is safe, reliable, and accessible to all. The day is celebrated on February 4th to commemorate the birthday of Rosa Parks, who became a key figure in the civil rights movement when she refused to give up her seat on a bus trip in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955 and was ultimately arrested. Yesterday on KCBS, we had a story about the Girl Scout cookie season getting underway. Well, it turns out there are different cookie seasons depending on where you live. The cookie season has started in Southern California, but here in Northern California, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. The season starts March 8th. Patty, if you want to see the view from atop California's tallest peak, registering may be a bigger challenge than the hike itself. KCBS's Jim Taylor has more on the complicated lottery system. Mount Whitney, most frequently climbed mountain in the Sierra Nevada. Probably the most popular trail uh, to hike in the forest uh, due to the tallest peak in the contiguous United States, which is Mount Whitney. Lisa Cox, Inyo National Forest. It's so popular, you got to have a permit, and to get one of those, you got to enter a lottery. It is a very competitive process. Because we have so many people applying. I mean, we have like tens of thousands of people applying. People apply from all over the world to hike this trail, so it is difficult. It is difficult to get a permit. More than 115,000 hikers tried last year, just 29% of those applications successful. The hike itself is exhilarating. Mount Whitney Trail starts at 8,300 feet above sea level. 22-mile round trip takes 12 to 14 hours. Jim Taylor, KCBS. 
Six months after its approval, leaders in Oakland will begin test parking meters around Lake Merritt. There will be 20 kiosks that allow payments by cash, credit, or the Park Mobile app. Visitors will be required to pay between 8 and 8, Monday through Saturday, and more limited time on Sundays. The pilot program will last a year to see if it will reduce complaints of trash, homeless camps, loud parties, and crime. Some residents worry, though, that will actually gentrify the area. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.